You're listening to The Happy Hour with Nick Sainert and Enrique alvarez Clary on 93.7 The Ticket and theticketfm.com. All right, back here on the happy hour, 93.7 The Ticket, theticketfm.com. Nick and Nathan are with you today. Rico is out um, due to just some, had to go to a, an appointment with his children. So uh, everything's all good there, though. Just Rico uh, hanging out for a second. All right, let's head to the phone line. Let's talk to uh, Jacob Padilla of Hale Varsity. First of all, Jacob, how's it going? How was uh, the weekend? Good. So I was worried that you guys had kind of jumped in the trade deadline frenzy and shipped Rico out. Um. Yeah. Well. What? Who do you think won that Pacers Nick or Kings trade? I mean, yeah. they get Buddy Heald and Halberin. Yeah, definitely the Pacers because I mean the Kings got the best player in the deal, but Halliburton's the best asset, and mm-hmm. the Kings aren't going anywhere. They're not good now. Just adding uh, Sabonis isn't going to make them good. So yeah. it's just kind of a win now move for a team that's not ready to win now and. I don't know that I would have chosen Fox over Halliburton just based on the improvement that Halliburton exactly. has shown and the fact that he's still got a couple of years left on his rookie deal, whereas you just had to pay uh, Fox and uh, are paying him a lot of money. What would have, what would have your answer been at the beginning of the season if I said that ha- on February 8th the Bulls would be second in the East and the Cavs would be third? <laughs> I would have been very surprised. Um, I know both those teams made some good moves. I, yeah. I, I guess I'm surprised. The, uh, at the degree to which th- those moves clicked. Um, yeah. And also, I don't know that we could have seen quite this level of dysfunction and uh, players missing games uh, in-, in Brooklyn. Uh, and Milwaukee's obviously had some injury struggles as well that have kind of held them back. So um, props to those coaching staffs, those, those front offices for the moves they've made. And those players have really put together, and uh, it's good to see. I mean, it's the, the, both those teams are uh, young and fun to watch. They've got some uh, really uh, impressive up-and-coming players. So uh, I'm happy for them. I, I know um, one of my buddies, uh, Matt DeMarinis, is a big ball fan, so I'm happy that uh, he, he is actually getting to enjoy good basketball as well. It's, just like I am with my son. Yeah, I uh, I rub it in anybody's face that I can meet that says that said that Demar Derozan was the worst signing of the uh, off season there because he's working out <laughs> well for the Chicago Bulls. All right, let's uh, let's talk about Nebraska basketball. Um, they they lose big to Northwestern on Saturday. I mean, Northwestern shoots lights out. I believe forty one percent from deep and like forty eight percent from the field altogether. But like C J. Wilcher said after the game that they were not ready like they weren't they didn't bring the juice that they should have they were not prepared like they should have been I mean I'm not convinced Nebraska wins that game even if they are ready I mean what does Fred Hoiberg say to his guys now with losing 10 games in a row they're 0-12 in the conference how does he continue to get them to play together I mean at this point you got to basically just try everything you can you got to I guess play on the fact that you guys playing for pride here playing to for whatever you want to do moving forward whether it's going pro whether it's um, coming back next year, I mean, you've got to get something going here. Um, you got to, whether it's individually as a team, whatever it is, like uh, that's some really bad tape. The whole team just to just put on film uh, against Northwestern, and it's not uh, just going back and rewatching some of it. Doesn't really reflect well on any of them. So that's that's kind of the. I mean, you look at the season, and obviously there have been a lot of losses, but 
that's by far the worst one. You, you saw early in the season that the, the Michigan game and the Auburn game, those were uh, blowouts where they weren't competitive at all, but you had the kind of illness going through and the injury deal, and we, we're seeing how, uh, how good Auburn is now. The, the Rutgers game was kind of the next one of those, and that was one they were like, oh, uh, uh-oh because that, you didn't have any of those extenuating circumstances in that one. They, they were healthy, they had proper time to prepare, and they just went out and, and laid an egg. Um, so that, that was uh, troubling, but it was also on the road at a place that is notoriously hard to play at. Um, so then now you have this game where y- you played basically the top half of the schedule or the, of the conference through your first half of the schedule, and now things start to line up. You get, you get to play the other half. And you've got Northwestern coming to your place. What tied for 11th? They got three conference wins, so it's not a team that is is as talented as a lot of the other ones they played already and lost and competed with. And to just get run off the floor, um, to to not have juice in that or whatever in that particular game, uh, that that is definitely a troubling thing. And Horberg, he he said uh, he was planning on kind of. and who, who wanted to compete in practice and was going to make changes based on that. And the guys that, that, that brought it were going to be the ones that were going to play. And he, he said today that, he, that basically everybody brought it, um, that, that they responded well, um, two good days of practice, and they, they even pushed back the game plan day to today. Uh, they generally do it two days in advance, but they want to spend Monday working entirely on themselves. Um, so, that, that, I mean, saying all the right things uh, is – uh, I mean, as right as you can say, coming off performance like that, but um, they, they're going to have to find find something because uh, things are not looking great right now. Hey, Jacob, it's Nathan. Usually on the the water cooler hour after this, filling in for Rico today. Uh, got a question, kind of about the overall season thus far. I mean, I know for the football team, for the most part, everyone was saying this team is right there. They're not a three and nine team. They're better than the record indicates. Huskers sitting at six and seventeen right now, zero and twelve in the Big Ten. Do you think this is more? They've had some tough breaks, similar to the football team, or do you say this is kind of where the program sits at this point in time? Yeah, no, it's it's a little bit about they've had some tough breaks, but they've also made their own tough breaks. Um, they've failed to make the, the game winning play time and time again. Um, like you can't blame uh, uh, you can't blame bad luck for failing to box out or missing free throws. Uh, or leaving a wide open shooter when you can't give up a three, like those are all things that have happened throughout uh, all these losses, where they've played well enough to get themselves chances throughout the game, and haven't been able to to finish it off. And so that's uh, as I mean, Nebraska has competed with a lot of the teams on their schedule, uh, and they haven't really won any of those games, and that's that's on them at this point. And um, again, a lot of it whether it's uh, decision-making, whether it's effort, um, whether it's just kind of being able to perform under pressure, um, they, they've given a lot of games away that they've had a chance to win. So I think at this point, that is who they are until they, they prove otherwise. We're speaking to Jacob Padilla of Hill Varsity here on the Happy Hour. Jacob, if you're Trev Alberts here, let's, let's look a little big picture. How many things, what's all of the things that he has to take into consideration when deciding what to do with the future of Nebraska basketball? Yeah, that's. The, I, I thought the again the stretch run was going to play, uh, play a big part in that because mm-hmm. of the schedule lightening up and the opportunity to actually get some wins and potentially 
uh, build some momentum and, and turn things around a little bit here. And that Northwestern game is a really bad way to start that. And if, if you get more games like that, more performances like that, where it appears that the team has just completely quit uh, on Hoiberg and his staff, mm-hmm. then that's going to um, probably make your decision for you. Um, but also, um, I think we'll see kind of, uh, yes, we won't necessarily hear it uh, ourselves, but kind of the, the, the boosters in the background, how, how many of them are intently uh, interested in basketball and um, kind of we saw on, on the football side, at least. Uh, I think Alberts was hearing from a lot of voices on both sides, uh, both in support of and uh, against Scott Frost. Um, so do you have kind of the same? I, I, it doesn't seem like you'd probably have the same. I, I, I don't think Koyberg would have as much support. Um, yeah. I don't know that it would be as split, but also $18.5 million is, is a very large buyout. So um, the, there's going to be a, a lot of things to consider as we go down the stretch here. Uh, but ultimately, something is going to have to change. They can't simply let this let the season play out, run it back next year, the exact same thing, yeah. expect it to change. So whether it's things in practice, um, whether what they show in the court down the stretch here, whether it's staff changes at the end of the year, like, Something has to change. They have to try something else if if Hoiberg's coming back next season because you can't you can't roll out the, the the same game plan and expect it to just magically change. Are we surprised that we haven't heard from Trev Alberts? I mean, we heard something in the middle of the Husker football season, and I don't want to compare everything between Nebraska basketball and Nebraska football. But are we surprised that we haven't heard anything from Trev Alberts? Whether it's um, you know, we're we're reevaluating, or it's we have faith in, in Fred Hoiberg, and he's going to be around. Not really. Um, I I think uh, I, I think he did say. Uh, I think, believe Eric Olson was from the EP that put together uh, a story like a, about attendance and kind of drawing the the actual scan tickets numbers. Um, and I I believe he got some quotes from uh, Alberts in there um, that kind of evaluate the situation and. Um, they they weren't <laughs> weren't necessarily supportive uh, of what's been going on. Obviously, I mean, you can't really support what's been going on, but um, he he wasn't kind of holding back and explaining like a um, the biggest reason for the lack of attendance is the product on the court, and um, we're seeing a, a lot of the things that or we're not seeing a lot of things that fans can identify with, regardless of, of the win or loss yeah. um, record. So um, I, I don't know that there's going to be a reason for Hoiberg, or for Alberts to come out and give the, the, the vote of confidence or anything publicly like that. I think he's going to continue to evaluate down the stretch of the season um, and, and kind of make his determination then. Jacob, we have a texter that brings up a pretty good point here. Nebraska, their 2022 recruiting class ranked 27th nationally, 5th in the Big Ten. How much of that do you think is an indication of Fred Hoiberg? How much of that is NIL? What kind of impact is the Hoiberg decision, whether you keep him or lose him, impact that recruiting class? Yeah, I, so I, I think I wonder where um, those numbers came from. When I looked, I believe it was thirty on the twenty four seven composite. It was thirty third nationally and seventh in the Big Ten. I think um, these are rivals. It looks rivals. like yeah. So um, yeah, so on the com- composite, it's a little bit lower. I mm-hmm. I don't think that can factor in at all. Frankly, I I don't think that the class is. It's it's not a um, a savior type of class. Um, you've got the the one four star uh, in 
Ramel Lloyd, uh, Jr., who's a top 150 kid. It's not like he, he's not nearly the prospect that Bryce was. Um, and then you've got uh, a handful of three stars. Um, Juco Big and Blaze Cato, we'll see kind of how he translates. Um, but then you've got a couple kind of role player types on the wing is the rest of the class. So um, ultimately, it, it, it's not going to be based on, oh, they, they've got these guys coming in. I don't think this class is going to come in and magically perform that much better than what they just had. Um, I think they, they're still going to have to hit the transfer market um, to, to get a, a more experienced kind of uh, lead type of playmaker um, to, to supplement that class based on what they on who they return versus who decides to, to move on. They've got some guys with some decisions to make. I would say I think Bryce is uh, heading off for the NBA almost regardless of what happens. Mm-hmm. And then you've got guys like Derek Walker and Trey McGowan who, who could come back. Um, but uh, are, are they going to want to? So um, th- there's still a lot of um, things to shake out in terms of what this roster is going to look like next year. But ultimately, uh, I think it comes down to um, whether or not you believe in Hoiberg's ability and his process and his path forward, uh, more so than individual players that may, may or may not be committed. All right, Jacob, last one before we let you go. I'm going to ask you to put your gambling cap on, all right? Bryce McGowan's earns his fifth Big Ten Freshman of the Week award. Nebraska has six wins. Does Bryce McGowan's finish the season with more Big Ten Player of the Week or Freshman of the Week awards than Nebraska does wins? Oh, boy. Because <laughs> there's two weeks uh, left. There's two weeks, so he could finish with seven. Uh, oof. So, <laughs> it's, it's bad that we're thinking about it. It is bad that yeah, we're even thinking about I'll, it. I'll take Nebraska wins just okay. based on the, the, the number of opportunities to, to get wins versus yep. the number of weeks left. Um. But nah, see, they, they've got to get one before they can <laughs> exactly. get, get multiple. So um, I'll I'll just take Nebraska wins. But the fact, again, the fact that we're having this conversation, yeah, does not uh, reflect well. Um, and I <laughs> I wonder. I doubt there's ever been a uh, yeah a case where a, a team that's gone winless in, in conference has won the conference freshman of the year award. But um, Nebraska certainly kind of flirting with uh, that rare bit of history. Yeah, we'll, we'll see what happens. All right, Jacob, appreciate the time as always. Um, enjoy the rest of your Tuesday. Hopefully Nebraska gets a win against Minnesota tomorrow night. We'll have some good things to talk about, or better things to talk about <laughs> um, next Tuesday when we talk to you. Appreciate it as always, man. All right, sounds good. That is Jacob Padilla of Hale Varsity. Oh, Hale Varsity, excuse me. Appreciate his time as always. Um, yeah, that's pretty indicative um, and and interesting about how the season has gone. Bryce McGowan's five freshman of the week awards. Nebraska six wins. Uh, there's two weeks left in the season, so he could technically finish with seven. And Nebraska, Wouldn't if they finish something? winless in the Big Ten, wow. they will finish with six wins. And Bryce McGowan's will have more player of the week nods than Nebraska does wins. Not not good. Isn't that something? That that honestly, the the fact that that's even a discussion kind of blows my mind. When that, that's exactly that, I was what like, I was like. Is he actually a five? I, yes. I, I had to do a double take. Yeah. Like, there's no way that I, 
I mean, it's, honestly, you want to know my husband? I'm taking McGowan's. I, that's, that's, <laughs> I, I how honestly, sad is that? And tomorrow, I, I do think tomorrow is probably your last shot to win a Big Ten game. I agree. Let, we'll, we'll talk about the, the Husker basketball schedule when we come back. But call now, 402-464-5685. Uh, $15 to the Upside Bar and Lounge. Nick's trivia is up next. The question, who leads the NBA in scoring per game? We'll answer that question for 15 bucks to the Upside Bar and Lounge. Next up on the Happy Hour.